come on. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Uh, the only thing we ask you to do is call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, uh, keep in mind, if you want to follow me via Twitter, uh, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll respond to those in real time on air. Um or I'll respond to them later. You can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well, and you can leave comments. And like I said, I'll respond to those. And if you ever miss any of the shows live, okay, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week, 365, 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right. So here we go. Um... Another edition. We've got a lot of things to get to uh, today. We might have to parlay some stuff over like we usually do, leave some meat on the bone. Uh, but we've got things going on in the uh, college world, okay, which we'll get to here eventually. Uh, first of all, we've got another investigation in sports gambling now with two universities. Because uh, earlier yesterday it broke that it was Iowa Okay, and then later on the evening, it broke that we've got another investigation with Iowa State. So you've got two college programs in Iowa and Iowa State that's under investigation uh, for online sports gambling. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, through the Associated Press, um, 26 athletes across five sports, the University of Iowa, um, are being investigated. You've got 15 athletes across three sports at Iowa State. And I think also there's a uh, there's an employee also. Uh, it could be a professor. It could be a coach. But I know that's named in one of them from the Iowa State one. Uh, so, yeah, the details are coming out. But keep in mind, I'm bringing that that's three in less than a week and a half or two weeks time. And I think that, you know, this is something. Now, again, the only the only problem <clears throat> Well, I don't even say I have a problem with it, but I think the only concern that I have is the way the news outlets are 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 presenting this information. Because when you when you automatically, I mean, even before the explosion of sports uh, gambling, whenever you heard that, hey, this cool or this kid or this is on, you know, and there's an investigation about sports gambling, you know, 15, 20 years ago, 25 years ago automatically the public and everybody would assume that it's in regards to shaving points or match fixing. When I think in this case, what we're seeing, not necessarily maybe the Alabama case, but early on what we're seeing in the Iowa case and what I anticipate will be going forward is just people that basically are using online gambling accounts that are not supposed to be doing it. It doesn't necessarily mean that 
they're they're fixing games that they're shaving points that they're sabotaging that's the problem that's why i say to go ahead and basically you know proceed with caution i think this is the norm so that's why i think they're two different those are two different things there even though they're against the ncaa rules and they're against the rules i mean if you're an athlete on any level, just not football or basketball, you're not supposed to be sports gambling. And that's some states. And again, that's why some states, I told you this yesterday, and I said it, well, actually, I said it last week when we talked about this, that there's a reason why some states who adopt, adopted legalized sports betting, they don't even allow, they don't allow collegiate sports betting in their states, kind of for this reason. And that not everybody adopted the same. It was like, all right, man, we're going to accept it as for all. But I think what you're going to see, what's going on in Iowa and Iowa State, and what you're going to see further as other universities say, hey, we got to investigate. Because keep in mind, the NCA, I mean, and when they legalize this stuff, they pretty much created their own division and own type of, uh, you know, OCCC type of situation to monitor this, what Vegas has been doing in Nevada forever. They, it was just extra precaution, which to me, Nevada, whether, you know, whether it's in Iowa, uh, Connecticut, Colorado, Arizona, wherever sports gambling is illegal, Vegas has their eye on it regardless. It's not just back about in their own state or what goes down or what's wagered at casinos in Nevada. They're looking at suspicious activity all over because they're kind of the hub and affects a lot of things. They set the lines because everybody, the offshore accounts, DraftKings, FanDuel, whoever you see on your TV or being promoted, they all get their lines from Nevada. The sports books out there, the official casino, the guys that really do this. So that's the only thing that concerns me in regards to how this is coming out rapid reportedly. Because, again, if you're old school or you're even just aware, you think automatically, oh, they're fixing games. They're doing that. And that's not necessarily the case. Not saying that we won't find that out. But I'm just saying majority of this has people that just are pretty much logging on to sports gambling websites and they've got proof that they're placing wagers and they're not supposed to do that. It's just that they're if they're an athlete, if they're a college athlete, it's just no gray area. They're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, and that includes any uh any anything professional. Right. Anything professional. Um I think that maybe and again, because the way you break this down and, and there might be some loose terms there, um, but maybe uh, like something like UFC or boxing, where the where because the rules are prohibiting around uh, sports in which the NCAA conducts a championship. So you couldn't bet on swimming because there's a swimming championship. You can't bet on track and field, but there's not combat sports in college. So we'll figure that out, you know. But like you said, it's pretty black and white in terms of what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. Yeah, so that's my concern on that. So you've got that brewing. Also, uh, we've, uh, did we get audio for Bob Huggins? Uh, we'll have it for next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have it now, but there's some, you know, Bob Huggins, a uh, longtime college basketball coach, currently coaching at West Virginia. We don't know for how much longer, but Bob's got caught up a couple days ago in regards to, um, and actually yesterday, earlier, interview that he did on radio. Uh, that he pretty much expressed some anti-gay remarks that pretty much, you know, caused the firestorm, of course, like it would be in this day and time with anybody. But we'll listen to it. We'll get to it in the second hour probably. But it sounds like to me like he's almost trying to collect unemployment, like he's almost trying to get fired for some reason on, on purpose. Because what's a head-scratcher to me about this and I'll save that take after we hear the audio. So we've got that on the docket. Also, um, 
let's see what else we got going on we've got um nfl of course um, you know, we know we talked about it yesterday in regards to rumors saying, hey, you know, Peter King, I don't know. I got some sorts of the schedule might not be ready. Then the NFL comes out. No, nah, it'll be ready. It's going to be released Thursday. Well, of course, to, according to Adam, I was strolling down on Twitter and I saw he post this out yesterday in regards to what to expect and what really is the case about uh, this schedule and some of the rule uh, differences that we might all be overlooking that I thought was interesting. I knew one of them. I knew that they had kind of lifted where there's a chance that it used to be you can only have one Thursday night game, but now you can have two Thursday night games. So that's one of the things on the list. So we'll circle back around to get to that. Um, reports have it. Trouble in paradise. Well, it never was paradise, but it's some bad tension I'm hearing between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. Um, and I have my thoughts on that and some of the breadcrumbs that I've noticed compared to Bill in the past when I know that there's something to this. So we'll get to that as well, too. Um, also, hockey continues to roll on uh, the Vegas Knights. I mean, they've been monsters on the road, um, you know, um, pretty much on other people's, you know, ice. Uh, they go ahead and get it done, you know, yesterday uh, with a little slap back on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they take a 2-1 lead in that series. Uh, really gave them the business yesterday. Um, you know, they're a tough team, again, I said, on the road. This year they've been playing very well in the hockey playoffs on the road. You've got that going on. Tonight you've got two games, actually, uh, tonight in hockey. Uh, we'll see how those were, you know, how those series shake out. You had the lottery in hockey last night, too. Uh, I, I've heard about this kid. Don't know too much about him. Dante, our NHL expert, might know more. But I just know one thing. I mean, you know, I've heard him. I've heard his name for probably like the last couple years. And it's crazy to me where he lands up. I mean, the white. I mean, to go into that type of market with the Blackhawks. You know, I know Anaheim got screwed, but I mean, to me, the Blackhawks, you're talking about getting it back and you go look at a couple of the players the Blackhawks have had in their history and they won some Stanley Cups. This could get them going back immediately. So they win the, the rights to this kid. And this is almost on the verge of I won't say exactly the Wimby hype, but I've been hearing about this kid for the last couple of years. Uh, so they had their draft lottery last night and the Chicago Black Sox uh, won the sweepstakes. What do you got? Yeah, the name that you're talking about, Connor Bettered, mm-hmm. um, and uh, coverage that I've been able to pick up from you know on this guy because again I'm not a big hockey guy, um, but he, he's led all amateurs in junior hockey in Canada in scoring uh, this year. Um, so they're going to get a good one, and and the, the the conversation was the last time that the Anaheim was in this position uh, in the lottery, and they missed out on uh, Sidney Crosby. What's the mm. last time they got the And you said, that, you talk about Anaheim? The last time they mm. ended up second uh, was the missing out on, on Crosby. So, yeah. Well, maybe third time's a charm, but not this one. Not so fast. So, we'll get to all that. Uh, but first, we will start, like I said, in the National Basketball Association, uh, which I think a week from this Thursday, I think we'll be finding out the fate of the uh, lottery in the NBA sometime it's next week. Uh, it's next Thursday. Next yeah. Thursday. Okay, I thought I had that right. But we'll start with the action last night. And before we start with the game that tipped it off, speaking of the Knicks and the Heat, uh, let's talk about the primetime series that has the Lakers uh, taking control of this series with the commanding 3-1 to one lead over the defending champs, the Golden State Warriors. Um, and the question I have, are, are they really in control? I'll give you my thoughts on that. Uh, but this is the situation. Um 
the way I look at these two games, you know, in L.A., I really look at it as it's not taking totally credit away from the Lakers. Um, but it looks it, to me, it's more what Golden State has not really done to finish these two games off in L.A. more than what really the Lakers did. Um, I think the Lakers' most impressive game where it was really, really, really all about them, that was game one, the game that they came in and took. Now, once again, uh, you know, the game yesterday, Golden State, um, they find a way to have the end of the first period uh, to pretty much be down by a point, and then they take control in the second uh, second quarter, and then they go on and have a three-point lead at halftime. And again, what do they do? They pretty much go ahead and win the third quarter for the most part, and then in the fourth quarter, turnovers, bad shot selections just really derail um, an eight-point lead that the Golden State Warriors had. Now, with that said, yesterday's game was a game of runs from both sides. I think there was, you know, it was like the Lakers did it. Golden State went up, you know, Lakers would go up six or seven. Then they would have turnovers. They'd have bad shot selections. They think, you know, Golden State goes on a 9-2 run and then vice versa. The problem is L.A. ended up going on the run that ended the game to kind of help it out to get that lead. Um a lot of self-inflicted wounds on Golden State. I really do think so. And, you know, as much as I, you know, say that Steve Kerr is the best coach in the game, and I still believe that, he's got some decisions to make going into game six. Because Darvin Ham, I mean, has done a good job and reacted to what they do, getting his eyes prepared. And, you know, this is a situation, too. You know, Anthony Davis started off like he was about to have those two back-to-back -back games. Everybody keep talking about odd games off and on, but he disappeared in the fourth quarter. I mean, in the fourth quarter, even in the second half. He just, did, he, say, yeah. yeah, he wasn't even engaged really all in the second half. So um, that's one of the other reasons why I think that Golden State really could be kicking themselves in the, in the buttocks today because it's another one they let get away. Also, and I'll tell you about what I think the decision Kerr has to really make going into game six because I see what he was trying to do. Uh, last night, and really you got to give credit to, I think, that Darvin Ham and the Lakers have made a decision like, you know, if we've got to pick or choose, we probably would rather have Steph playing the role of Magic Johnson as long as we keep him off of that three-point line, okay? Um, on the Lakers side, look, and LeBron said it, everybody and their mom watching it, I mean, if it's not for Lonnie Walker, they're going to lose that game and the series is tied up 2-2. Because no one else could really get anything going. And I think Golden State's turnovers allowed the Lakers to stay in striking distance. As LeBron said, we stayed in the fight. And then Lonnie, who was recording DNP's coaches' decisions, really pretty much this whole playoff run, um, showed up in garbage time in game two in Golden State. And when they went back to L.A., Ham said, OK, you know, what? you look like you kind of got your rhythm. Let me throw you out there. Started a little spot duty here in game three. And the next thing you know, his confidence got going. And then in game four, what you saw last night, the rest is history. Uh, personally, uh, proud for Lonnie Walker, uh, you know, in regards to obvious where he was drafted and where he came from to see him get his opportunity. Um, you know, it's a lot of mixed bags with Lonnie Walker um, here in this region in the 210. Uh, area code and also of course as we do in social media and even in my own back uh, home last night in my own home the fake 210 Lonnie fans come out on social media and again you know I'm the first one to keep it real with 
hey, well, there you go. You know, this is the Spurs. How come this? How come that? Look, let's keep it real. I, I'm going to tip my hat to Lonnie Walker, uh, you know, with his performance. He's definitely got confidence, and I think as long as the Lakers survive, they get past this series, they go on the next. Lonnie has earned his right into and has earned his way into playing time. And, again, you heard uh, Gundy talk about it. You heard about a lot of people like, hey, that is an example for all players at all levels, AU, high school, college, pros be ready when your numbers call and Lonnie did go ahead and present himself as a professional and he proved that he's been a professional staying in the work but what we're not gonna do in the 210 is come up with this fake ass Lonnie Walker hustle love and having a child like hey well look man then this is another spur we didn't keep let go I'm going to give you what the difference is. It's very simple to me. It's very simple. And again, I'll let you know what I think the big decision Kerr has to make as well, too, going in back to the Chase Center in uh, out by the Bay. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinner of the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right, keep in mind, if you're looking to check out what's the latest new products coming in, or you know what you want, but you just want it delivered straight to your house, don't forget you can go to SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of your Dallas Cowboys. Boys, eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, so before we move on, just sticking with that game last night, um, 
before I get to the the, the adjustments or the, the decision I think that Kerr has to make before game six, uh, let me talk a little bit more about the reaction uh, from our region, the 2-1-0, through social media in regards to Lonnie Walker's performance. Because there's nothing about, you know, because I kind of saw Jazz's tweet and everything. And that's another thing. You, ta- I'm just going to put this out there right now. You tag me in a bunch of, with a bunch of other people. I'm not responding to that. I, like I said, if you got something to say to me, I mean, you know me. I'm not really a social media, but don't tag me with like eight to ten you know, uh, the athlete that you tweeting, that five other sports talk. I'm not responding to that. So let me just put that out there. Not to say that's what Jazz did or bang on Jazz, but there was a lot of that going on last night. But let me just say this. For the reaction of social media in this region of the 210 on the Lonnie Walker aspect about, oh, you know, this is this is another spur that we let go get away or that this is pop. This shows you this and that the development. Look, first of all, 90 percent of y'all were not Lonnie Walker fans and nobody was crying a tear for him when he left. OK, let me also tell you what the difference is between Lonnie Walker and even some bright spots that he showed in the regular season and what he showed now. Um, and the play, because until they made that trade, he was playing. And then all of a sudden, when they got some other pieces going on, his minutes got diminished and they didn't really see any action in the playing game or the first round against Memphis, really. Um, and he just kind of showed that he was ready. The difference is, people, and there's nothing that shows more desperate than a fan base that hasn't won in a long time. And again, San Antonio is above this because there's five titles, but there shows nothing more desperate than fan of a fan base that you could tell that hasn't won in a long time that wants to take credit for what a former player is doing on another team. That's just desperation. And the difference is between Lonnie Walker and the San Antonio Spurs Lonnie Walker and now the L.A. Lonnie Walker, despite the haircut, which he lost that before he left. The, whether you want to say Lonnie, and, and I'm going to throw Derek White in this. Let me just stick with these two. Lonnie and Derek White were drafted by the Spurs, hoping in the case that they were going to be guys that could basically be the center point of being that guy. The difference of what you see in Derek White and Lonnie, and we'll stick with what Lonnie, Lonnie is playing alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James. There was none of that down here in San Antonio. The closest guy that we had to be able to make guys like that better around him, we let him walk out of here. We let feelings get involved and we let him walk out of here. We pretty much pushed him out the door. So to sit there and think that, well, gosh, we let Lonnie go. He is playing and taking nothing away from his performance last night because they don't win that game without him. LeBron said it. He is playing alongside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Derek White is playing alongside of Jason Tatum and Brown. So what that does is almost not on the level, but the same effect that I tell you the reason why Booker is hotter than fish grease because it's parting up because he's the first. Like, damn, I'm not getting double teamed. He's playing with Kevin Durant and Booker's on a way different class than Lonnie or Derek White. We all know that. The Spurs drafted these guys to hope that they could be that like they were they were looking at Lonnie with those times a lot. They were looking for Lonnie to try to get 30 a night, 25 a night. Derek White, they were trying to make Derek White be part of a new big three. And those guys are never going to be that. That's the difference. 
So pump the brake. You know, I'm the first one to be critical about what is how it's been handled down here in the last eight, nine, seven years. You know, I don't cut any pull any punches. I'm straight up. And anytime I can sit there and say, hey, and, and also a lot of these players are out of here for different reasons. A lot of it has to do with money. A lot of it has to do with just you're stuck in no man's land with those type of players. It was a bunch of role players. Lonnie is a role player. He can get better. I think he is definitely you give him comedy, get better. He's most likely always going to be a role player. Derek White is a role. They're good role players. That's the difference. I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's 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 plain as day to see that. But I just saw a lot of fake love for Lonnie. And like I got him with AC, like AC, hush up, man. I, I've been with you for a day. You ain't never said anything about like you didn't really care too much. You didn't cry a tear when he left. Stop it. You just in a you just in a situation where you want to bang on pop and you're ready to turn the page and you want oh you see another player we let go to bed. No, he's playing alongside LeBron and Anthony David. He has no pressure on him. There was pressure down here to be like, hey, man, this is the Spurs. This is five-time. Are you that guy? Are you going to be a guy that we can build around? And that's the pressure that him, Derek White, Brent Forbes, do I need to go on? I mean, hell, even DeJounte Murray. Those are the type of guys that we were waiting to go. This year, hopefully a week from this Thursday, is when you get one of those pieces in the top three or four that can be that guy and say, okay, let's go from there. So that's what I have to say about that. That stuff pissed me off. But like, man, this is so fake. Sliding the first base. Oh, man, Lonnie. Oh, this is another player. The Spurs let go. LeBron James. Anthony Davis. I can get on the court with those two. And I ain't touch a basketball in damn near 20-some years when I used to do hoop it up three-on-three terms. I can get in there and hit some open shots and hit some shots playing with those two if it was a pickup game. Come on, man. And I don't want to take nothing away from him because that guy was cold turkey. He hadn't, I mean, other than garbage time before he, in, in, in game two before he showed up in LA, he had no reps. You, you're talking about very easy and, and look at it. And Lonnie is somebody that has been very open in re, regard to his mental state and his emotional stress that he deals with over a long time for, for since he's been born. So this is a guy that was mentally tough and ready to go when his number was called and he came through. If not, the series is 2-2. Anthony Davis disappeared in the second half. LeBron, this and that. I mean, and really, if you want to look at both teams last night, the Lakers and Golden State, I think what really kind of helped and aided some of these runs that L.A. went on and Golden State, for both it was bad shot selections at times. And that's what Golden State's problem is, you know, this is a situation where what's going on with Jordan Poole right now is a mental situation. It's not being in this situation before where you're the hunted, where you are the defending champ. Just because you're on Golden State and Clay, Draymond, and Steph has went through it don't mean you've gone through it. So to me, this whole season, from what started in training camp, the way he has acted during the course of the season, and the lack of performance. I mean, he's had, really, in the playoffs, he's had one good game, in my opinion, and that was, I think that was game two of the Sacramento series. Other than that, it's been spot. In this series, he's been god-awful. And he can't hit the side of the barn, and he's taking bad shots. And I said it yesterday. His shots are in this series are almost like Russell Westbrook when we call him bricks in his shot. They're turning into turnover. They're like turnovers. And they're turning into fast breaks the other way or they're turning into even transition threes the other way. 
Clay Thompson. I felt the worst thing that could happen to Clay last night is when he hit that three from the corner with about two, three minutes left. Because he thought, okay, this is the one that's going to get me going. And he had horrible. Now, Steve Kerr, I watched his press conference. He knows, like, hey, man, these guys made a lot of sense. I'm going to live with that. They've got no choice to live with that. You're not going to tell Clay, a guy that shows, uh, you know, holds a record for the most points in a quarter in NBA history, you're not going to sit there and tell, hey, Clay, we don't need you pulling up 20 feet behind the three point line to try to make a shot with the game online. You're going to live with that. But that was a bad shot selection. That was horrible. And the one that he had before that was horrible. In regards to Steph, look, same thing. I mean, he had, I mean, he had a triple-double, and they lost. But the last few possessions, I think Steph, I mean, on that one play, there's two things to that. One, when you you got to give credit to Anthony Davis, man. He's a big out there on the perimeter guarding Steph. And one, he's got a wingspan of I don't know what. And he's high. So that's going to basically, he's tall, I mean. So that's going to pretty much make it hard for Steph to even range his three-point over whatever. But when Anthony steps up like that, in that particular moment with the last couple minutes in the game on the line, you don't have to dance around to try to put. You could have basically took him to the hole and the guys under the basket went for you. You're going to the free throw line. They were only down by one point. Draymond Green gets the rebound. Instead of going back up and going to the line to go up, either tie the game or go one for one from the line, worst case scenario, and I've seen Draymond Green hit clutch free throws and clutch moments, so worst case scenario, he's hitting one for one, game is tied. But what does Draymond do? Kick it out to the top of the key to Steph Curry, like so much. And look, man, it's easy for me to sit here behind a radio mic and say this, but I'm not a professional basketball player. But when you're in those situations, that's the difference between wins and losses and the difference of a series like this, especially when you're playing against one of the all-time greats in LeBron James. Draymond Green has to go right back up to try to get the two. That's situational basketball, and really Golden State has been lights out through the last decade and their dynasty run with things like that. It hasn't been the case in the regular season all season because this is a product of who they've been in the regular season. Can't protect leads on the road, end up basically having a gang of turnovers and bad shot selections. And, God, you heard Steve Kerr in the huddle. Stop trying to be a hero. You really need to talk to Jordan Poole about that because Jordan's been trying to be a hero all damn season. Because he's really, in my, in, in, in my opinion, you know, with Golden State facing three eliminations, possibly up to three, definitely one, but possibly two other elimination games in this series, and we'll say two, Jordan Poole has to do something because now he's put the front office in a situation like, dude, do we need to try to move you? Do we need to try to see what we can get for you, or do we roll the dice and say, hey, we're going to chalk this up as just a bad season because, again, you got to smell your own piss in the offseason and everybody patting you on the back. You got the big contract. Now you're a champion. I mean, look, at he averaged, I think, last year during the playoffs almost down there 17 points a game, or if not more. Go look at what he's averaging this year. Nothing. I mean, excuse me, in the postseason run. It's tough, and it's a mental thing with him. And, I, and I've said this for weeks and months. I don't like his attitude. I think that he can't separate himself from the splash brother you are not this you're not the third you're not the new guy to new edition you're not johnny gill coming in after bobby brown that went rogue and they had to kick his ass out the group they're not looking at you to be johnny gill man just be jordan Poole. that's his problem now the decision i think steve kerr has to make going back to chase this is crazy because too he elected to go small last night and start to go small 
Okay, and I get it because they want motion. They want to put Anthony Davis to pick and roll. They want to bait him out, which they had very good success in the first, especially in the second quarter. Uh, parts are early on starting that third doing that, and they were getting cuts in the backside from baskets, guys that can finish. I see what they're doing, but you know what the problem is? To do that, you put Looney on the bench, and you cut into Looney's minutes. And I know Looney is, base, is basically a liability on the offensive side of the ball, but you're talking about a guy that can erupt for 15 to 20 boards any given night. That's your best rebounder, probably a little bit better than Draymond this year or maybe second to him. Especially so, on the offensive side. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Offensive or defensive, it's size. So to me, I understand why Steve Kerr did it, but the question to me is like, I think you go with what got you here, and it's time that now it's elimination. You're going to have to go with the lineup that kind of got you there and at least have some big presence and some physical presence to go ahead and get the boards. I mean, because Golden State was scoring in the in the paint at the wheel in the first half. They were getting in the paint buckets. But I think when you come down to needing a rebound, it's like, I mean, there was one time where it was um, – who was it? I don't think it was Jordan Poole. It was two Golden State Warriors right there. Nobody around, and they're fighting over the ball, and the ball goes out of bounds. Give L.A. another possession. That particular possession resulted into a three-point basket by some. I forgot who hit that one. So, look, they've been in this situation down 3-1 before. I don't think this is the same team that was down 3-1, but as long as you got Steph. And I think, really, if this series, if they're going to make history again, Clay's going to have to come on. I mean, Clay's going to have to give Steph some help because if Clay's hitting his shots, that frees it up for Steph and Curry even easier. But the reason why I ask are they really in control? Because again, I look at two games that they dropped in LA and especially the one yesterday, that was more about what the Golden State Warriors didn't do, in my opinion, than what the Lakers did. It's really more about what Golden State didn't do and really what Lonnie Walker, what is he, the fifth or the fourth? The fourth. The fourth did. It really comes up to that. And you know what, Steve Kerr talked. This is what the playoffs are about. Who's going to have that one guy that's unexpected come off the bench on any night to win a game in a series? That's what usually happens on your way to go to win a championship. Steve Kerr knows that. Steve's been that guy for two different organizations when he played. 877-37-GRON. But I expect this series to go back to L.A. Like I said, I know Matthew had him at five. He's got one more opportunity to cash in on that probably didn't have a future on it so i i I mean i'll give matthew his props but you didn't put a future on it but he's got one more shot but i think this is going back to a game six and at that time you'll be able to i think you'll be able to tell in that first half of a game six if you're going back to the chase center or not but the goal but i believe the lakers got two shots to close this out they got two shots not three they got two shots to close this out what do you got uh warriors minus seven tomorrow is the early early line on that one. I think Anthony Davis and LeBron would have to really dominate and go off to, to put a stake in the champs at home. And the reason why I say that is because automatically the role players are going to shoot better at Chase Center at the home. You would like to think Clay's even going to shoot a little bit better like he did in game two going back home. The question is going to be, can they find a way to get – they got two road wins in Sacramento – and they're going to have to find out a way. Well, no, wait a minute. Did they get one in Sacktown or they went two games in the road in Sacktown in that series? The Golden State. They won one in State for sure because they beat Golden State. I think they, they took two. Okay. I think they took okay, two. Okay, so they're going to have to find a way to get a game in L.A. in game six. And, and, that's the, and, that's, and, and I think you'll be able to tell in the first half 
on how that's if, if that's going to take place speeding to game six. But I, I anticipate this to go back to 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 L.A. What do you got? Daryl over on Facebook uh, talking about Steve Kerr and his comments on the official. He said Kerr needs to stop with the complaints about the officials. His whole team is a bunch of floppers. Every time Curry, Poole, and Clay take their three, they're flopping. What do you think about that, Cal? Well, I is, think is it relying too much on the officials? Because we talked about this the other day. When you're frustrated by the officiating, it almost takes you out of the game mentally. And who was that on Facebook? Uh, Daryl. Daryl. Um, look, Daryl. Uh, yeah, Daryl. I, I I know. I don't know Daryl, but I know Daryl is is comes in with sometimes. First of all, Daryl. I would tell Daryl that's a culture problem. It ain't a Golden State problem. That's the NBA. Who's not flopping? Now I don't know what particular plays you're talking about. Steve Kerr's always worked the officials through this whole dynasty. Look who he played for. Look who he won three titles with. That's all Phil Jackson would do in between games through the media is work the officials back then. And that was pre-social media day. That was work. So Steve working the officials on the sideline. They, the officials have not been – the NBA refereeing in all series has been nothing to write home about. It hasn't. They got guys refereeing their first conference finals, their first – it's been tough. And that's a tough – it's a fast game. It is a tough game to officiate. But the regardless of it is you got to fight for your guys – I mean, I don't, I don't see. I didn't. I mean, everything out of Kerr's press conference was nothing about officiating yesterday. I didn't hear anything. Glenn, now he might have got some subliminals in. You know, I mean that that's and everybody knows that usually the most free throws goes with the team that's the most aggressive. But flopping, I I, I don't see. You know, from Curry to. Clay, I don't see that much flopping going on. I mean, if you want to see a lot of flopping going on, then you I mean, you can go watch Luca at the Mavs. You can go watch them. You can there's some other things to go. I don't I've never looked at Golden State as a team that's going around flopping. I just think they've taken some bad shot selection in LA, especially last night, and they haven't played good situational basketball. Perfect example. I mean, Stephen Curry kind of panicked. I mean, if he falls on that ball and realized they got a timeout left and time, now granted, he says he, and I can see how that goes. He thinks he has somebody behind him because he sees colors flashing, but just fall on the ball and call a timeout and set up another inbound play, get another shot at a three-point shot. Situational basketball can keep you uh, from moving on or basically going home if you don't you don't perfect it. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. 
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 